Chanel. Samba. Baboon Force. A legend. There you go. Yes, and we're live, and we're live. So what's How going you on? Doing? How are you doing, Ben Wilkins? I'm doing good. How is everything going in your life? Things are, things are good. Things are good. Um, it's hot. It, it is hot. It's, it is hot in LA, right? Yeah. It is really, really. Is, it's it like the first really hot day was yesterday. Yeah, and it went up to what? Like 95? 96, I think. 96. Yeah. Okay. Which, which is the hottest we've ever experienced? Because that wasn't the hottest ever. No, I think it's been like 120. Do you believe in global warming? <laughs> is it a thing? I don't think it's a thing you have to believe in. I think yeah. it's a thing that's clearly been measured and exists. <clears throat> doesn't require any belief on my part. Uh, it's a thing that has been tried and tested. So, so what do you say to people who say... Uh, it is just a hoax uh, that the Chinese are just trying to sell all this green technology and convert uh, American dependency on oil and fossil and convert it to green energy. What do you say to such people? Who this say that? is such an interesting question because yeah. I actually spent a good part of this week trying to have one of those discussions on Facebook uh -huh. <laughs> with someone who is completely defending the the oil and gas industry in Canada. Yes, yes. And to me, this is a, a, a thing that Canadians, you know, sort of should be ashamed of. The, yeah. the, the tar sands has turned an area of virgin land into what is now 200,000 square kilometers of completely useless toxic waste. Yeah. What, what, what did you miss? Uh, what's, did you say tar sand? The tar sands, yeah. Yeah. So the what's way... That? The tar sands is... Um, so it's a part of Canada that has a lot of oil, but the oil is very dirty. It's got, it needs to go through a very expensive refinement process. Mm -hmm. and, the, and it, it creates so much CO2 yes. to actually extract it yeah. that it's like, you know, normally you take oil out of the ground, you burn it, it creates CO2, yeah. or CO2 and, that's and a problem. CO2 for the ones that don't know, because someone in the comments say that sometimes we... We speak so many technical terms and we need to break them down. Okay. Uh, but yeah, CO2 for the people that don't know, that's carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, which yeah. is the gas that is uh, leading to global warming, right? Or yes. the greenhouse yeah. effect. Yes. Um, so yeah, this person was saying, you know, well, you know, there's, it's created jobs, it's helped the economy, it's, it's done all these different things and, and how, you know. And I'm saying, okay, but at what cost? Like exactly. What, at what cost? Yes, it, is it? Can you really look at two hundred thousand square kilometers? I mean, that's this, that's larger than England, and it's it's these like giant pools where they have to put all this like dirty water that is required to to clean it. Is it and, worth it? And is this on the east coast of Canada? Is it in the middle? So it's on the west coast, Alberta. West coast. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, really, really sad when people make the argument and only look at, um, oh, this thing is going to create jobs and it's going to create, um, boost the economy. But then they forget that those are the things that can easily be solved. Mm -hmm. Not, 
easily be solved but then if the damage that you're creating there's no way of reversing that then that's not a route that you want to take you know right like if you're going to be creating a million jobs Mm -hmm. but that means that the ecological systems are going to suffer Mm -hmm. like you're not going to be having any any fish Right. Or going to be able to drink any clean water, right. and the ducks are going to die, and birds will be falling out of the sky. Then, the million jobs—that's not the best way to go about it. Right. Sometimes you just have to go a little slower and consider the options. That's not the only option to create jobs, because in green energy, there is also jobs that are created from from that. Right. Right. The the economy. That this is what the economy needs, and and look look how important oil is. Yeah. So, you know, you can't be against it because you know everything's made out of plastic, and plastic comes from oil. And you know, th- these arguments don't actually hold up because it, they sort of imply that the only way you can really build your economy is through oil extraction, and it's clearly just not the case. There's there's a lot of opportunities in other industries, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of those other industries although sometimes also will have some environmental de- you know detrimental effects yeah nothing compared to the tar sands the tar yeah. sands the fact that um, the scientific community said look if they give the green light to this program they're going to we're going to you know speed up the problem of climate change drastically it's the least f- efficient way yeah to extract oil and they and then Canada said, okay, but it's going to be good for us and give us jobs. And they said yes. In that moment, I think Canada loses all credibility. And, and when when you begin thinking about countries that really need, I, I'm, I'm not, and I know this, every country needs to solve their unemployment problems. In Uganda, we have some of the highest rates of unemployment, right? Um, right. All of all over. Not even in Africa, but all, all, all over the world. The youth don't really have jobs. And we have like a very, very young population out there. Mm. But if I were to juxtapo- juxtapose the two nations, uh, Uganda and Canada, Canada is in a much better position. Sure. And you have a smaller population to even take care of. Right. So I think with the resources that Canada has, the... the the alternative resources that Canada has and the finances that it has, that the budget is in a surplus, right? You're yeah. not even on a, operating on a deficit. I believe I'm not sure. You I think can Canada wait. might be on a deficit. Is it on a deficit? It might, but that's kind of part of a economic school of thought. I forget exactly the source of this, but the idea is if you're a government mm. and you want, um, you want your citizens to be, to be living healthy, happy, productive lives it's actually sometimes beneficial to be running in a deficit because you can borrow money, start programs, create jobs, which creates yeah. more currency velocity. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to get a lot back through taxes once mm-hmm. the economy grows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, that's another um, common fallacy. The idea that if the government borrows money, it's the same as if you or I borrow money, it's really a different thing. Yeah. So and if Canada needs to borrow money, does it go knock on the Queen's door, on the door of the UK? Does it, does it come to, to Trump? Does it go to the World Bank, IMF? Where does it go? I think it's just always private banks. Mm. Oh, private banks lending or the it's things like dangerous. Or it's things like bonds, right? So, oh, okay. okay. So yeah, you, yeah. Can buy, 
you can take your money as an individual citizen and choose mm-hmm. to buy, you know, government bonds. Yeah. Yeah. And they promise they're going to pay you back at 6% or 8% or whatever it is in yeah. 10 years. Yeah. So it's a safe bet as long as the economy and the, and, the, and the country doesn't completely collapse. I like that. I like that. But um, just to go back to the topic of what we're talking about, the cost, um, the opportunity cost and the cost of all of this development. Because um, in school, I studied environmental management. That was my, that was my uh, degree. No way. Yeah, for real. Like, that's why when stuff about the environment comes up, I'm like really passionate because I used to go out to villages and places and carry out impact assessments of uh, if they are establishing such and such a plant, what's going to be the opportunity cost? What, right. what, what is it going, what, what are we going to lose? What are we going to lose in terms of um, the environment, uh, in terms of uh, the biodiversity in the in the region? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it bring? And not w- we'll all, we were always told not to be in a position where we are against development, but where we we were ensuring sustainable development. So is it sustainable, or is it just draining all the resources, and it's not going to be sustainable mm. in ten years? So I was doing I was doing those things, going to places and. Yeah, I worked out there briefly, um, and then I opted to to go do music. But my heart is still with conservationists. That's interesting. So um, when we were in uh, visiting Toronto, there was an exhibit which was being put on put up at a museum, and this mu- this museum had an exhibition about waste. Okay. Now it will surprise you that much as our cities look organized none of them deals with a quarter of the waste that they produce. So their best way of dealing with the waste is let's try to recycle a little bit of it and then find someone's backyard where to dump it. Right. So New York, I think New York dumps its stuff like in Nevada or some state somewhere in the middle. It's not Mm. like really in a New York land. Part of it goes to like a New York land field where they try to recycle and sort out what they can sort out. Then the rest is put out to some state. They used to just dump it in the ocean too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the environments environments were like, what are you doing? The sharks are swallowing all this plastic. Yeah. The whales are dying. Like that's that's not a sustainable way for us to, to grow. So I had, there's this picture of a landfill, which was at the entrance. And much of the water bottles that are produced, like, um, end up in India. I don't know how. Mm. But for some reason, much of the water bottles that are produced in the U.S. and in most states end up somewhere in India. Mm. And it's huge. It's like a mountain of waste. Right. It's like... and. Thinking about um, all these large cities and how much our need to consume and consume all these other products, which is, which speaks to our insatiable nature. I think where we are right now, the earth is not really running a sustainable, um, a sustainable lifestyle. Right. Yeah. So this this uh, conversation I got into started because. Um, Prime Minister, the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau mm. just announced that he wants to ban or ban all single-use plastic by 2021. Thank you. Right? Yes. That seems smart. Because it's not to say that plastic is a terrible thing. It has yeah. good uses. Like, if you want to 
contain a bunch of nuclear waste, mm-hmm. putting it in something that never de- you know breaks or decomposes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But to use that for a drink that you're going to just drink and just throw the throw bottle away. out. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Also, I, I looked into this recently. Um, most plastic can only be recycled once or twice. So you oh, get the sense that, oh, it's fine. I'm recycling. I'm, I'm, recycling. I'm recycling. It's okay. It's like actually a huge amount of that will never be recycled and can't. And yeah. only if it can, only once or twice. Whereas things like aluminum, glass, mm-hmm. that can be recycled indefinitely. Interesting. So I heard that one of also the, the other things that we can do right now, because the plastic bottles are some of the biggest problems right now in terms of waste. Right. The plastic bottles and the straws, right. like using the straws. And the recommendation from most environmental bodies and um, states that are trying to be green is just find something reusable. Right. Like we're going to be putting all these taps in all these public places and you can just go out there with your can and refill. Right. You don't need to buy a new bottle each and every time. And which is, w- w- which um, I support. I'm behind that, mm. you know. And um, let me see. Rwanda, you mentioned one of the countries that uh, has banned plastic um, plas- plastic. And Rwanda is the country that came to my mind. So Rwanda w- is ahead of Canada in mm. that. That they, they, they completely want nothing to do with plastics in their country. Wow. So if you're going to go to a glo- grocery store, it's, gonna be pla- it's going to be um, re- some recyclable paper that, right. yeah, that you're going to be putting it in. Right. Or buy a bag that's basically for, for uh, uh, your groceries and use that over and over again. Right. So uh, I think if more states began implementing these things, because most of the challenges, environmental challenges, are because the people in power are reluctant to enforce the policies. Right, because there's so much money to be made in yeah. the private industry, yeah. and the industry always lobbies to get the, the politicians mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to l- allow them to do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, the tar sands, to me, is just so completely outrageous. How do you spell that tar sands? Tar. Because like in T-A-R. my hand, I'm, I'm, I'm spelling tarzan, but replacing the Z with the S. It's T A R. Tar, like that gunk, uh-huh. you know. And then sands, like sands, just like sand, sand at the beach. Sands, yeah. okay. My African accent doesn't say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. but that's that's a that's just a crazy example of you. You hope that you know these these organizations are somewhat responsible. Yeah, you would hope that, um, like someone like you would go do an ecological survey of an area yeah. and say, yeah. okay, this is the, this is what's going to happen to the environment. Yeah. This is the, this is the, the negative effects. Yes. And this is potentially how much money we can make. Uh-huh. And you know, I don't think it's worth it. You would hope that the people that were making that decision would listen to you and mm-hmm. say, Oh, well, looks like it's going to not be worth it. But not only did the scientific community say, this is going to be the most destructive form of oil extraction. Yes. They, the, all the companies said we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Okay. I have two points here. Also, uh, uh, two points to make here is that that's just the Tarsans is just one example. When you think about what's happening in Brazil, for it, it's uh, it's on an alarming level. Like what's happening? They're trying to clear the Amazon, which mm. is the earth, what they call the Earth's lungs, right? Because it has most of the green and it has some of the most biodiversity. And some of the medicine that we use is extracted from there. Right. Like, and 
And it has taken years and years for the forest to become a forest. I believe at some point it was a shrub. But some of these trees are like thousands of years old. You right. Get and they have, they, they, they have cousins and siblings. And it's a really beautiful place, you know. Right. But the current administration is trying to take away the land from the indigenous people so it can clear more. There's land which was designated and cut off. Uh, and it was meant to be just conserved. Like, let's never touch this. Mm. But now they have come to a time where they are greed, where the greed of the administration and um, the, the foreign banks that are investing in the oil industry want to exploit and cut off more the forest, like race it to the ground and even chase the indigenous people away. And yeah, indigenous lead, one of the, I think one of the indigenous leaders was killed, like mysteriously. Wow. Just to deny them a leader and somebody who can advocate. But that's just one of the examples. This is happening all over the world. And uh, in America, uh, there was a pipeline being constructed. And mm. the Native Americans were saying, this is not the place. This is the place where we get the water to drink. And it wouldn't be a great idea for the pipeline to go through here because the, the lines burst all the time. And if... Um, and if the construction is going to di to disturb all the um, animals that are going to be migrating through this place. It's going to disturb the way of life of the indigenous people as well. Yeah. But we all know how that ended. We all know how that ended. It was police and guards. No, it was police first. Yeah. And then it was the army. And then before we know it, people are getting hosed and the pipeline is being built. You right, know? right. Yeah, so... Um, but also to play, in, in the beginning I asked you, uh, 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 let me ask you a question that the other side always raises. The people that don't believe in global warming and all this climate change and loss of biodiversity, they say that most of the times, like you said about the tar sands that, oh, this is going to be really, really dangerous to the environment. In fact, if we don't do it, this is the most dangerous. Do the environmentalists cry wolf all the time? Is, is, it, is it crying wolf all the time that the other side never sees the impact? Um, do we over-threaten yeah, so than dealing with what's realistic? Right. I would say um, there's a part of the environmentalists movement that mm. uh can sound a little bit like fear-mongering and yeah. it's and especially it doesn't do any good when you say by the year 2020 like yeah. this whole city is going to be underwater because it if it doesn't happen at that rate yes you sort of lose a bit of credibility yes um yeah there i mean you can definitely make an argument that the the green lobby is you mm -hmm. know is it has its own interests and whatnot but you can't argue that what we're currently doing is ultimately unsustainable. I mean, even if climate change isn't real, eventually we're going to run out of oil, and we we need to we need to get off that because we cannot infinitely renew that resource. Yeah, even definitely we are going to run out of oil, and even when the scientists are off, when mm -hmm. they say twenty twenty, it might not be twenty twenty, because whether it's some we haven't really studied whether to master it to. To the point where we can just say, 
Um, no, we have mastered weather, but we haven't mastered climate. Sure. Climate is something which could change in 40 years, right? Right. But that 40 years is not like on the dot. It could be 40 and 4 years. Or it right. Could, it could be 38. So it, it's just a time Yeah, period. and a lot of the predictions so, are completely correct. Yeah, like they yeah, predicted yeah, more yeah. extreme weather events. And yeah, we've and seen, we're seeing the extreme uh, weather right. events happening. Right. Yeah. Well, more frequently and more, more devastating. So we are dealing with um, loss of biodiversity. The globe is warming up because of all... Uh, the, the green the greenhouse gases that are being put out. Um, we are dealing with a lot of waste which we're not being able to recycle and we are fracking and using all these unsustainable ways of mining and to me the biggest disaster would be if we were to run out of water and we can't grow food anymore. Right. We, if we run out of water and people can't drink and we run out of food and uh, places people are hungry, it's going to become, I'm not fear-mongering here, but to me that's the apocalypse. Yeah. Because I, I, you see people at their worst when the most basic of um, needs, uh, when, it, when the most basic of needs comes to, is boiled down to survival. Um, you see videos of like refugee camps when mm-hmm. the truck for water shows up and people do not care if you are their neighbor or their best friend, they'll put an elbow in your face just mm-hmm. to get a drop of water. You get me? Yeah. So imagine the rich areas having a reservoir, right? Yeah. And the peop- only one reservoir and the rest of the water is contaminated from the oil and they were fracking and they were responsible and there was an oil spill and the people cannot get fresh water anymore. They will do anything to get to that reservoir. It doesn't matter. You might kill the first people. You might kill the second people. But the third wave might be unstoppable just because they know you have water. Right. Yeah. And most of these things are already happening. Mexico City is running out of water. Cape Town, one time, was saying it was running out of water. It was saved by the rains at some point. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But you're, the picture you're painting doesn't a pretty really depressing picture here. Yeah, it, like, sometimes I think about it and it even raises my anxiety. Yeah, I think you're raising everyone's anxiety right now. <laughs> Well, good, good, good. Because people, people need to... Um, they, they, there is a phenomena that my lecturer was telling me about, but I'm, I'm forgetting what it's called. But it's a thing that's in us as human beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me exemplify it. Uh, I'll put it this way. If I told a smoker mm-hmm. that this cigarette, this cigarette might give you lung cancer, might give you lung cancer, it has been told to people so many times. It's on the package. It's on like, it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But people do not react to things that take long to, right. to manifest or affect their lives. Right. So, um, but if a smoker, if you, if you were to tell a smoker that if you smoke that cigarette, you're going to dry up and die in two days, they will take you more seriously. Mm. So, um, we are in a position right now where environmental issues or and environmental phenomena take about 40 years, 100 years, 50 years, 10 years to manifest 
that the effects of what you're doing right now is irreversible and it's going to be felt at a, um, the impact is going to be devastating 10 years from now mm-hmm. people will not pay attention to that mm-hmm. until unless it is immediate mm-hmm. you know that's that's just our a flaw in our human condition as well we only fear things that affect us immediately but if we're told it's 10 years you, you're willing to take the risk right you know yeah and that's where we are i think that's the challenge yeah, yeah. A, a part of a big part of it might just be our own lifestyle yeah. s- cycles right like yeah. you we all have this weird arbitrary stress on like what we think we should be doing at what age mm. right mm. like oh you know i'm in my 20s so i should maybe have like my education done or i should be working on it yeah. or i should be getting experience in a job or and then oh i'm like oh i'm 30 i should probably like start having kids or there's there's all these different yeah. um arbitrary or culturally informed ideas of what you're supposed to do at what age and a lot of the time that sort of race against time that we're all in makes us overlook things like yeah what's going to happen 100 years from now it's hard to see that it's, it's hard to it's, think about it's that it's very hard to see that it's very hard to predict that uh, it's i i don't know um, i was listening to a song recently just out of the blue it's funny that you're mentioning rest against time because i was listening to a song i used to listen to as a teenager and it was a song by jaru uh-huh. called rest against time mm. now jaru is not a deep lyricist i wouldn't call him a deep lyricist he's not like on a level of like nas where he's going to spit something intelligent right but the chorus goes in my rest against time i can't keep from running through the red light mm. Because I know life is getting too hot, so I'ma keep running through the red light. You know, that sounds, I, 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 some I cl- like that. Some classic <laughs> jaw right there. <laughs> some classic jaw, <laughs> jaw. Yeah, man, on some New York. Did shit. you see the Firefest documentary? Oh, I saw the Firefest. I, I, I. I <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Uh, we were organizing an event right where the Firefest thing was going coming <laughs> and i was like this couldn't have been the wrongest timing <laughs> like we're we're trying to put on an event right yeah and we're talking to investors and we're talking to people who are going to be sponsoring the event yeah and in the jaro documentary drops right i'm like this is the this is the worst time to drop a jaro documentary it, it, what did you think about the fire festival it was hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> What was the most hilarious part of it? I think somebody, I forget who, I'm going to probably butcher this, but the, yeah. the tweet that was hilarious was like, it was like uh, this guy that I guess got a free ticket and he went. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, oh man, people complained about this festival. But for me, yeah. seeing all these trust fund babies <laughs> freaking out because they, like, they didn't have room service in like a comfortable place. Yeah. He's like, that was like soup for the middle class soul. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty f- it's a pretty amazing and glaring um, indication of how yeah. how easy it is to m- create an impression, yeah. to create a buzz, mm-hmm. to make people. I mean, and even in the documentary, he's talking about how like they're selling this idea, and it doesn't have exactly. to be real; it just has to be That's like a fantasy. Thank you, bro. So when I was watching that, I was like, "This is a metaphor for so many things in life, in yeah. entertainment." Yeah. Because most people in entertainment are not bothered about selling 
selling the product itself. They're like, I'll sell people this idea. Mm. I'll sell people this dream. And I think, honestly speaking, I'm, I love America. And I love what America represents and the values of America. But let's face it, America is the biggest marketing scheme or marketing idea ever in the world. Mm. It's a marketing plot. It's like the greatest country in the world. I don't think it is the greatest country in the world. Everybody thinks their country is the greatest country in the world. But if you market it that way, everybody wants to do business and come visit the greatest country in the world. I, I have to say, just interject and say that I do not think that Canada is the greatest country in the world. It, be, no, because because you don't like the country that much. But if I ask somebody, uh, how does I don't like how, how does Canada I, market itself? I personally don't like countries that much. I think this idea oh, of nationalism okay, is okay, kind of dangerous okay. to begin with. Yeah. We, if you want to create a world that's, you know, moving in the right direction, if we yeah. want to move forward, yeah, it. Canada, let's say, has such a small population, s less people than live in Uganda, mm -hmm. and they have control over the second largest landmass in the world. That's yes. pretty crazy and yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but, and, but, but, and these lines are drawn kind of yeah. arbitrarily. Like if you want th the, the sort of thinking that you want to move forward is mm -hmm. that um, if we're going to move into some sort of Star Trek utopia, yeah. is that people are just people, you know, and yeah. and we we should be aiming for equal access yeah, that, that, that's what that's what that's what my music is about my music is about and our music is about breaking those boundaries and just seeing people um just unifying people but without people being uniform you know right, right. you can be wherever you are from you can be white you can be whatever anything but just be unified but you don't have to be uniform i don't have to look like you believe the things that you believe but we can be unified that's what my music is about right but that's what what i'm talking about right now what i'm talking about right now is how do countries market themselves and how do people market these ideas because if if you look at it at the end of the day Everything else is just a marketing scheme. It's not as great as you told it, it is. Mm. Like if they show you um, places that you should visit on the travel channel, they forget to tell you how expensive that shit is. <laughs> right. You get me? The water is not that azure blue. It's edited. Right. Someone took a director and an actor to play the part of them being happy with a child running on sand. Yeah. So that's how Greece markets itself, Thailand. There are places that are amazing, but they're not as amazing as you see them in the ads. That's what I'm yeah, trying to but say. What's, what's interesting is now it's not even the ads. People yeah. do it to their own friends. So let, let's say you buy yeah. that package. You're like, oh, I need to go to Greece because yeah. that beach looks amazing. Yeah. And then you're standing on that beach and the water's not quite as blue. <laughs> but you use a filter use a so fil that your friends exactly. think, wow, he really got to experience that. That's, that's why I was like, bro, to me, Fire Festival was the biggest metaphor for the times we're in right now. Yeah. People were willing to pay. How much was the ticket? 2000 I think it was like 20000 or something. Like, yeah. like to to get a cabana for 20000 or 10000 yeah. all I have to do to convince you to give me that money is a picture of a model and a filter. Yeah. How fucking dumb are we? Yeah. I only have to show you a picture of a celebrity on a beach with a filter acting all happy. All That's not his life every day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just 
it's so interesting, you know? right? Like the social media companies have figured out how to build this basic frame um, architecture, yeah, um, and have basically all of the users give their own content, mm -hmm. and that's what gives it value. Yes. But what's so strange is how people psychologically are now like getting the buzz of that fraud, right? It's like, oh, I, it looks so much better than it really was, but now it's gonna, now it's, I'm gonna look good. It's not a fraud. This, this, is, this is the best way of looking at it. It's the same way of looking at Kim Kardashian. People say, oh, Kim Kardashian is evil, she's exploiting, blah, blah, blah. They do? People, <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> like, they get, Kim gets so much flack, but Kim, okay. And Fe Kim Kardashian, uh, who is who I'm talking about. Kim Kardashian, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat are all the same thing. It's an advertising agency. It's not a social media networking site. It's not for you to connect. It's an advertising agency. And that agency only operates on the premise that people are vain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's appealing to the flaw in the human nature. People are vain and they would like uh, um, people to shit on in their lives. People <laughs> always want to validate their lives by shitting on other people. That's the reason uh, the Kardashians are popular and that's the reason <laughs> Facebook, Instagram yeah. and Snapchat exist. To make money off you trying to shit on other people showing that your life is better than any other person's life so that if other people come to see how your life is better than their life, we'll make money off that. It's so, it's so strange. So it's evil, answering evil is the flaw. Yeah, so then why, why do you think people post all these like absurd quotes Oops. where they're like, it's like, it's like a, just a photo <laughs> of a girl in a bikini and it's like, like dare to inspire. Dare or, to inspire, hashtag, <laughs> hashtag, nobody can stop me, but you're showing me your ass. Everybody's a pseudo philosopher now. And I'm not mad at that because no, at the end they, of the day, that's, that sex sells. And we were, t see, it's an advertising agency. It's an advertising agency. If I manage to attract people to my ass, I can sell them a blouse. If I manage to attract people to this face and the shit that I say, I'll sell them a ticket. I understand like the top tier models or people that have like huge amount of followers mm -hmm. that, that, that they're getting approached by advertisers and it's getting corrupted that way. Yeah. What, what sort of more boggles my mind is the folks that have like a thousand people. The folks that have like barely anyone really paying attention, <laughs> but they still go out of their way to get that really like polished photo and that caption. Because to what bust their friends' balls? Like what? No, what is the because point? Because at the end of the day, all of us dream. All of us want to be a better version of ourselves. And uh, when you're watching Gary V, who is a very motivational guy. <laughs> yeah. You know Gary V? Yeah. 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 So when you watch Gary V and Gary V tells you, don't give a fuck if you only have a thousand followers now. You're going to be having a million followers within a year if you stay consistent. Consistence and results. Consistent and consistency and results. Just like a runner on the track field, Hussein Bolt had to go to the road. I think there are so many motivational speakers yeah. that a person with a thousand is going to keep on, keep the machine going. I think the that's such horseshit. Because the motivation, every side you turn, there's a motivational speaker. Yeah. You get me? It's, so. it's horseshit. I've seen people that have that same attitude, that mm -hmm. same like, okay, guys, you know, 
I'm, I just wanted to share with you my beauty tips, but yeah. they don't they don't have there's very many followers. Gu- there's a it's fucking like, guy who pisses me off. Sorry for cutting you off. There's a guy who fucking pisses me off. He's called Ty Lopez. Funny, oh, I even yeah. ran into him like when we were at the comedy store. But I was like, "You're so fucking disgusting." No he's way, a, Ty Lopez. He, I, he's I like a con he's artist. Ty Lopez. He's, but he, he wears specs. Yeah. He's this guy who shows you a picture every time I'm on my YouTube. He's like, "Yo." You see this Lamborghini, yeah. all you have to do is click and then watch through this and I'm going to show you how to do A, B, C, and D. Yeah. That yeah. His voice is annoying, his face is annoying. And he tries to sell you knowledge. He tries to sell you knowledge. But the whole thing is the, is a pyramid scheme too. Right. You get me? Yeah. So there are so many people like that on the internet. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off, but I saw his picture coming in my mind and I had to say what I felt about the motherfucker. Yeah. I want to. What's the guy that you were mentioned before? The um, the motivational speaker guy. I, I like Roger, Gary though. What, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Gary well, is practical. He'll tell you go sell a sneaker. I don't know. I don't know if I think. I, I've listened to a few of Gary V's videos, and he's definitely charismatic, and mm-hmm. he definitely has a captive audience that's that's picking up what he's throwing down. Yeah. I'm sure he's. A, I'm sure he's a cool guy. I do f- take some issue with the idea that somehow if you're not like you know, generating crazy, obvious success with every fiber of your being, every minute yeah. you're awake, that yeah. somehow your life is meaningless. Like, it's okay to not have a following. It's True. okay to tread lightly on earth mm-hmm. and go sit in the park and read poetry. Like, that's totally, totally okay. And I feel like people shouldn't have the stress to to be these, like, wild power, like, CEO-type people yeah. who work 80 hours a week and are miserable. Yeah. Like... Wouldn't you rather live in a city where people like enjoy themselves and go out and Man, eat at restaurants that, and like that's, that's and, what, you know love their a, friends? It's a very beautiful thing that 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 you bring up. Um, you're very right. You're very right. But um, also, I have to mention that it's up to the people. It's a personal choice. At the end of the day, you can decide not to be on Facebook or Twitter or any of these things or update any of these things and unplug. But then again, yeah, it's a personal choice, but you're still saturated in a culture, right? And the culture is going to influence you in a certain way. Yeah. And right now, the culture is screaming towards this, like, you know, you, you realize like there's people who are paying a thousand dollars to sit in a private jet on a runway to take pictures, to pretend that they're on this jet. Like that's happening. Bow wow challenge. <laughs> I mean, it's that. How absurd is that? Like, ba- Bawa was called pants down, so he was on a. I don't know if he was like in a corner. He might have been in first class, but he was pretending to be on a jet. Okay. So somebody who was behind him uh, and followed his account, like, took a picture of him. He's like, this boy is out here pretending, pretending to be on a jet. Like, Bawa is no longer a boy; he's a man now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretending to be on a jet, but we're seated. We're seated in the same cabin. Yeah, you know, like, and he was ex- he exposed him, and that created the bow wow challenge. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but y- you're saying people pay a thousand bucks. I mean, I think it's even more than that. They pay like ten thousand dollars. They take a sh- to just to have a photo shoot on a private jet, but the jet's oh, not. Oh no, for ten thousand you can fly to Vegas at least with a in a jet. Oh, then okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, but like I, I haven't <laughs> even looked into it. <laughs> yeah, but the point is, people who can't afford to actually take these planes, yeah. will still pay the money to have a photo shoot in the plane pretending that they have the money yeah. to take to to take the plane. Yeah. It's to me that's just like so weird. Yeah. Like wh- why are we doing this to each other? But, why but, are you doing that to the people that but, are actually but do following you? Know what's you? funny, bro? Do you know what's really funny? 
is that you, we all want this. I think I've had this conversation with you before uh, um, about the conflict of the artist and what the industry is. So I'll give you an example. And this is a personal example. So when I post a picture of me living my mundane life, unbothered, eating my vegetables, talking about life, connecting with people, people don't want to pay attention to that. But if I post a picture, it's, and it's still my life, if I post a picture of my life eating somewhere out in some place exo ex exotic, mm -hmm. it's not what I do every day, but once in a while I go to Beverly Hills to a nice hotel and, sure. and eat a good meal. Right. I don't dis do this every day. Right. But that's the picture. If I took a picture in Beverly Hills at a very nice restaurant, dressed really nice, everybody else gravitates more to that picture right than they gravitate to this other picture where i'm telling them you know what the best way to live is this way and this is my new song to guide you through this life they would rather have the other picture where i'm telling them yo i'm in beverly hills right now what the fuck is wrong with you yeah you know like i'm in beverly hills right now look at this picture look at the color and look at how well i'm living even if that's just something temporary, that's what they prefer. And they prefer a person speaking like that than the mundane, simple picture. Right. Okay. So, so that becomes the conflict of the artist that they would like to see you on a private jet. Right. So it might be. But it you might want be to the show them your ghetto house and they're like, nah. Right. Yeah. I think. I mean, it might be just that it's it's easy to digest a, mm -hmm. a fun moment. Mm -hmm. So if you're just eating toast and it's boring, then yeah. it might be like, well, so what? <laughs> but if you like eating toast and you have a really happy look on your face yeah. and you're like, it's just a simple things yeah. that might actually do well. Who knows? That yeah. might actually resonate with people. Yeah. Uh, we, we love fantasy and it's normal to love fantasy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, I think it's actually kind of part of a weird, human trait that might actually be one we want to get rid of which yeah. is we like to look up we like to look at people who are doing better than us we like to envy them yeah we like to want to you know we like kings and yeah. queens yeah like we don't have a royal family in britain anymore but people are obsessed with, with these being folks. a king and a queen they're the people are nuts about that like it's mm. a televised event when there's a wedding it's a huge deal and everyone's like wow it's Look so majestic and like yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the mechanism is psychologically for that, but I'm not. Yeah. So it's it's not really a mechanism. So there's this name. I don't know. I don't know why I keep forgetting this name. But there's a dude who, um, there's a they, there was a marketeer, somebody who actually designed the life that we live in right now, mm -hmm. the way that we consume the products, the way we consume things right now. There's the need, but then there's, there's the need of you, oh, I need a cup of coffee, I need to go buy coffee. But then there's this need of, he'll make you drink the cup of coffee twice a day, even if you only need it once. Mm. So um, I, I'll, I'll look up this name. I'll look up, the, I'll, I'll look up this name. But in this world, he made everybody believe that we might be done away with the kings and queens, but you can be your own king and queen. So the bed is no longer be, being going to be called a bed. It's going to be called a king's bed, the queen's bed. 
so that everybody has a piece of that for your life. And in the life where everybody has been told that you have to be successful from the moment you wake up, the parents do it to their kids every morning. It's conditioning. Mm. So by the time you grow up, you're still on the treadmill, and the treadmill does not stop. We don't even know how to stop the treadmill. Mm-hmm. But everybody is running towards an elusive uh, idea of success. Because success is not a destination. There's no place called now I'm successful. Because if that were a thing, the people with billions wouldn't still be waking up to work. I don't know? know. I think if you, but if you talk to it's young... It's the conditioning. We've been told that in America, you can become successful and become a god of your own. You mm-hmm. know, like you can create this b- larger-than-life persona. You can come from being uh, a pauper to, be, to, to, to dining with kings. Everybody has been sold this dream. It's, America uses the same marketing strategy. The Western world uses that marketing strategy, and the whole world has bought it. There are places like India, China, Dubai, Africa, where the villages, where the villages didn't really, they had kings and chiefs and everything, but it was more communal. The king was just there to serve the people. And in these places, some people uh, opted for enlightenment, which is, let me do away with all the wealth. And work on myself and visualize uh, the higher being that I can become dealing away with all this. Past- the, the Buddhist philosophy. Right. Let, me, let me starve myself with one grain of rice, right? Mm-hmm. And see how I can become a better human being. Like all those ideas, in most cases, conflict with what is being sold with consumerism and capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. I think, though... I get a different response when I talk to t- people from different walks of life. Mm. Like if you're in LA and you talk to entertainers, it's a lot of ego-driven behavior, yeah. right? Yeah. People, people are, you, you, you hear a guy like, was it Gary Vee or whatever? Gary Vee, yeah. Right, Gary Vee. And he's like, <laughs> you he's don't talking. Like Gary. He's talking. No, I mean, I, I get it, <laughs> but I don't necessarily think what he's selling yeah. is of real intrinsic value to most people. Mm-hmm. I think it's also fantasy dressed up as like a self-help and it's not it's not particularly new what is it this is like a great thing that somebody said to describe something and it was like um because a lot of times someone like gary v who's like got so much content it takes a little bit longer to like figure out what they're really saying and what what which you often find in this case is that what's new isn't really true and what's new isn't really true but and what's not new so like basically most of it's not new or what's true what's true isn't new and mm. what's new isn't true it's the idea that like this is just the guys dressing up some stuff that's basically hacky self-help motivational bullshit yeah, yeah. but he's like packaging it to sort of make it seem like it's his own brand of the same bullshit <laughs> like, and it's it's not actually new nothing and it's new not, is being invented is that what you're saying no that's yeah. not what i'm saying at all what i'm saying is if you if you dig into someone who's got that much content mm-hmm. and you try to look at what is a value for real and it is that anything that's actually um, new and interesting and is this is this person's perspective unique in any kind of tangible way yeah a lot of the time you'll find no everything that's true is recycled and everything that seems like it's new is just packaging that's actually distracting and, so, and a lot of the time not even so, true so you think uh gary v ty lopez are the new dale carnegie 
Well, Ty Lopez is a full-on charlatan. Like, yeah. And I think Gary Vee might be a charlatan. I don't know. Yeah. He, I like his persona a lot more. Yeah. Uh, but it, he might just be better at selling also a package that's not particularly all that valuable. Mm. Again, the idea of trying to sell someone a pipe dream and make make people feel that like without this level of glory somehow their life is like that's why you're confused that's why but, you're unhappy yeah, I, yeah i'm not sure that's actually a healthy psychological thing to do to folks yeah, yeah. i would also say um it seems to resonate with younger people who are who are constantly like being inundated with the social media attention mm-hmm. and it seems to resonate with people who let's say don't have their own kids yeah. or don't have you know families that they that they um need to look after yeah people that have that their priorities are different it's not yeah. their life is com- comprised of more than just w- their own ego w- would you put jay-z jay-z in that in that picture in what i um i mean jay-z is an artist yeah and a jay-z is, a, is an artist but also his story has been of encouraging you that i came from nothing and i had to sell drugs yeah. I had to go through A, B, C, and D. I would not now put... Now I have a billion no, dollars. No, I would not put Jay-Z in the same category at all because mm. he's actually created art that is of at least it's, cultural value. significance. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's very different than a person whose entire content is just talking at the camera, yeah. trying to excite you to go start the next... To be don't an entrepreneur. Gary, don't you think the, the next thing is them writing books? Who? Gary V is going to be writing a book. I'm so sure of it. Why would he? Do you think people are going to read his book? Do you know how many followers he has? Yeah, but I don't think those people are reading books. Oh, I see what you're saying. But but no, no, no. But the new book nowadays is the... No, actually, never mind. It's the lecturing fee. It's the lecturing fee. What am I talking about? It can about? be an audio book. They don't even have to no. read it. They Gary just have to listen Gary V's to already written a bunch of books. He wrote, oh, yeah? he wrote this book see? called Crushing It. And he wrote like... See? I mean, it's... It's this. It's the same sales pitch, yeah. right? It's the same idea of like, if you're not in the zone twenty four seven, then you're wasting your time. And mm. I don't. That's cool. If you need yeah. that push, and if you're if you have that level of ambition, that's cool. But I don't think it's actually necessarily that the best way a human can be can live and yeah. yeah. I mean, if if your life I, is a I gift. Yeah. If you if you if you're, you're super lucky to just be on this planet to begin with, right? Um isn't part of your responsibility to enjoy what you have, to appreciate everything that's around you, to just be content where you are? Namaste. <laughs> I mean, what no, if, isn't that a yeah, isn't yeah. that a better way of being, right? It is. Rather than getting up and being miserable and feeling like you're having to chase this yeah. this you know, completely constructed idea of what yeah. success happens to be today. We're already living. Most folks that are alive today are yeah. already living in so much privilege compared to any other time in history. Yeah. We have access to more medicine. You can, you can, if you can afford it, you can get on a plane and literally go anywhere in the anywhere world. Anywhere in the world, yeah. Um, you know, there's you way less... You can talk to your family anytime you want to. Yeah. Instead of posting, you can talk to your family. That's amazing. And right? show you actually love them by talking to them. And we're coming up with new ways to be unhappy. Yeah. So you're saying and to feel inadequate. Is, you're th- saying everything is the pressure that we're putting on, us, on, on, on ourselves as a society uh, can just be done away with by unplugging from this matrix. I'm saying everything that is driving the economy, marketing, mm. um, is, is, is basically... 
oh, preying on your dude. your feeling of inadequacy. Yeah. You just need to buy this new thing and you're going to be happy. Mm. You just need to get, you know, become this new kind of person to be happy. You need to listen to this new motivational speaker to to be happy. To get the keys. And it's there was this um there's this old uh parable, right? Where this guy there was like this Buddha on the mountain or this wise teacher on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And the the guy went up um this guy like left his village and walked for a few hundred miles finally got to this mountain climbed up this mountain and saw this this wise guru on the mountain and said hey, and he, you know he said i've come all this way and i got to tell you um i got this problem with my wife and yeah. he told the story about like what you know the state of the marriage and what was going on and the and the the buddha said yeah i can't help you with that and he's like ah oh. okay well let, let let me tell you about my son because yeah. i have this other major problem with my son yeah, yeah, it's really yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. really big yeah. problem and talks about how his son is like into drugs and gambling and is you know being whatever the story is he, he explains all this th- all these things and the buddha just listens and he gets to the end of the story and he's like so what do you think uh what do you do. think i should do and the buddha says i can't help you with your son i can't help you with that problem at all and he's like what i came all this way <laughs> You're not going to help me with these problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, okay. So, like, what about at least, like, you know, my, my like, employment situation he talks about is, like, the farm he's working at and how it's mm. going and how it's difficult and, like, his relationship with his boss. And Buddha says, I can't help you with that either. And he said, and the Buddha, so the guy's confused. And the Buddha says, um, everybody has 86 problems. 86, not 99. Not <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say for this, because it's a GNL Zamba podcast, let's yeah. say it's 99. Everybody okay? has 99 problems. Yeah. He says everyone's got 99 problems at all times. And I can't help you with your, 99th, with your 99 problems. I can help you with your 100th problem, which is that you think in order to be complete or happy or okay or content, mm-hmm. you need to get rid of all these 99 problems. That's your 100th problem. That's the only one I can help you with. Wow. That you understand that as soon as you solve one of those problems, which you should, yeah. there's going to be a new one that mm, replaces it. Mm, mm, and mm. The, the other problem is this mechanism that you have that is the sense that you're always chasing something, that you're never okay, yeah. that, that you can't actually just sit and enjoy wherever you are and who with whoever you're with. Interesting. I really like that. I really like that. Is this is this a true story? It's like a it's like a par- is it it's a, it's a parable? It's a parable, yeah. Where, where is it from? Like India, China? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's India, India, yeah. India. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of wisdom, wisdom in um, in um, all those ancient communities. We we as in Simbi, I'll talk about in Simbi again. Uh, which is we got to wrap this up. Which is, yeah, yeah, which is the musical duo. Uh, we have uh, music that we believe ancient. Where we believe ancient knowledge is much more. We should use that ancient knowledge to inform the present because we have lost so much of what makes us human Mm. and having that service, service for each other, that if you look at all the messages from all these ancient communities in Africa, 
the proverbs they have, whether it's the Incas in uh, South America, look at the people in North America, the Native Americans, look at the um, Caucasians, Roman, Greek philosophers, and look at uh, Egyptians, look at the Chinese, look at the, uh, the, in, the Indians, like all these other places of knowledge, they all had this thing of the best way to become the better version of yourself mm. is in service to other people. Like you fill your heart with so much love so that you have no space for hatred. Mm. Jesus said the same thing. He never talked about wealth. The wealth was not for you. Just do unto others as you like to be done to yourself. Simple. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't talk about tithe. That's just the politics that came in later when Coromas uh, are, are trying to conquer and take away people's money. Uh, look at uh, Buddha. Enlightenment. Like, go through all these steps of life until you reach enlightenment. Right. The highest version of yourself. Um, the, the Hindus, they have so many gods, but all these other gods that will help them to achieve the highest version of themselves. You look at Muhammad. Uh, treat and do unto others as you like to be done unto you. It's part of also um, Muslim teaching because Jesus, according to the Muslims, is Prophet Isa. But even for Muhammad, it's just that divine message. So this message has been carried on by so many messengers. But at, at the end of the day, it aims at promoting the goodness in all of us. It isn't just about material. This marketing scheme, which was devised by Edward Lewis Barnes, which was the name I was looking for, who's the father of propaganda, who also, also happened to be uh, related to Freud. The, the, the Freud's nephew, yeah. Freud's nephew. So he was the evil nephew, if, if I were to call him the evil nephew, who figured out that this consumerism that we have has to be fed. It has to be marketed. Uh, we, we shouldn't even call it propaganda. Now we should call it PR. Yeah. Like every, uh, he, he polishes the tad. You get me? Like it's shitty, but he's, he, packages, he packages it really well and tells you this is going to fill the gap. We that's should, in your life We should right dig now. into Edward Monet's a lot more next week. Yeah, we should, we should. And we're about to wrap up right now. It's your boy, GNL Zamba. Uh, give us more feedback on the podcast. It's going to be live on iTunes. Um, it is live on iTunes. Great. Live on um, um, uh, Google, Google Podcast. And you can catch it on YouTube where you're going to be watching uh, the, the video. Um, we dive into all these conversations. We talked about the environment, talked about our consumerism, ended up with some version of spirituality, and the guru, Ben Wilkins, has been guiding us through all these principles that we should uh, go through to attain the highest version of ourselves. So catch you next time. It's the Zambaland Podcast. Peace and love. Be good to each other. One. Zamba. Baboon force. A legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, you got the yawning.